How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. I take a knee, but no one listens to no cares about no descendant of some I entertain them like a book dancing shoot that ball make them laugh and it don't matter how you focus use a democratic republican I held my job and still they pay me like a whip me like a then work me like a dirty cops shoot a back talking drug dealing a runaway Obama won cause they were scared of them Knew they older, but never paid them You make it to the league and still be a Million dollar, a welfare The prison system got like three million I speak for the, I wanna free the How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges. Now it don't matter about your color, use a, a white trash, a ghetto black. And Trump don't care about no Mexicans. Or Puerto Ricans, just let them drown. No, 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 nobody cares about the health. Oh no, sick or not, I'll fire that. I know all whites didn't really own. Some blacks own, some Uncle Tom. And everybody benefited from the sharecropping, that act swinging. Even the White House was designed by some intelligence and built by more. The Civil War was won and fought by some Fought for the We died like some And everybody loves the cooking from us Sex from us Then toss away us How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. Yo, 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 yo. Man, I'm so excited to have the Brother Ben X show back to you once again. Uh, for those who don't know, that is my brother, Roby Blue. And that song is called Modern Day Slave. You can get that on YouTube. You can get that on uh, Spotify, iTunes, etc. As you all know, we're going to start off with the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. But this is going to be brought to you by Patreon. If you would like to support this podcast, if you like, if you would like to support me, you can go over to www patreon.com 
slash Brother Ben X. That is www.patreon.com slash Brother Ben X. Now, I want to start off with uh, reading from Closing the Gap. And we're going to be speaking about evolution. Because many of us are evolving. Um, I believe the teachings have evolved. And if we don't evolve with the teachings, if we don't evolve with ourselves, if we don't evolve with our leaders, then that will cause a gap. This is page 19 of Closing the Gap. Check this out. It says, now, let's look at the quality of the persons with whom the master first dealt. What was their condition? They were totally in the dark. They were very ignorant people. Master Father Muhammad, to whom praises are due forever, taught them in a language that was the way you teach babies. You teach babies using words that conjure pictures. The picture is not the truth, but the truth is contained in the picture. But as long as the picture remains in the brain, as you mature in understanding, then you can reach into the picture and extract the principle of truth that lies therein. He said, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was teaching me this lesson one day. He, had, he was spanking me for reciting the history of Jesus as he taught it 40 years earlier. He said, I don't want you to teach it like I said it 40 years ago. I want you to give the meaning of the history. And that is so very important, family, because we can be so tied up in how things was taught 80 years ago, 90 years ago, that we don't see the evolution or see how it applies to us today. And it's not changing the teachings, it's getting into a deeper understanding of the teachings. For example, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that when the Quran talks about the angels questioning God and they said, uh, in making this devil or, 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 or yeah, making this devil or, or something of that nature, that they said, what are you going to make except that which create mischief in the shedding of blood? He said uh, back in the day, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that is the white man who was being made and they was going to cause mischief in the shedding of blood as they did. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said this, he said, well, you are of the earth. So when it says in the earth, not on the earth, but in the earth, the earth represents you. So when that power is put in a human being because your, your bones is the stone of the earth, you are from the earth. So when you have power that is underdeveloped, when you underdeveloped as a man and you get access to that power, you can use that power to cause mischief in the shedding of blood. So if the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the white man was grafted from the original man. See, in 1974, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the white man can easily say when you call him a devil, you made me. Well, if you are the original man and he's grafted from you, then his characteristics is something that's inside of yourself. 
He is a lower characteristic. He, he is a lower characteristic of yourself. You see what I'm saying? And so, looking at the imperfections of the white man, looking at the imperfections of really anybody, we have to look at them and say, okay, I'm not going to keep looking at the enemy externally. I'm going to begin to see how I can perfect the inner me on the inside. You feel what I'm saying? So we have to evolve with the times. We got to begin to evolve with the times. I'm going to go over to page 28 here. We're going to go over to page uh, 28 where the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was told by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to stop using the word devil. See, some of us still using the word devil without looking at the, looking at the inside. See, you still you uh, uh, calling the white man the devil and he's destroyed us and he's did all this, but hell, we killing ourselves. We poisoning ourselves. We are raping ourselves today. So let's look at this. In the 70s, 1970s, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad advised me as his national representative to stop using the term devil, but to use the term Satan, the enemy, or the slave master's children in describing Caucasian people, at least in describing one aspect of Caucasian people and their work. Now think over that. I never asked Honorable Elijah Muhammad why he would ask me as his national representative to stop using the term devil since that term had been used for 30 uh, from the 30s into the 70s. His directive to me comes now 40 years into his work. He is telling me don't use that term anymore. Well, I never asked him why, but as I matured in the teaching, I saw this. Now think about this, man. This is heavy teaching. Because you have so many that think the minister changed the teachings when really he's bringing you into the true teachings that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wanted to evolve you into. He says, first, Master Father Muhammad, the great Mahdi, was born from a white mother and a black father. We were taught that Master Father Muhammad's father cleaned up or purified his wife from the Caucasus Mountains so that she could give birth to this very special human being. What means and methods did he use to accomplish the cleaning up? Or as the Bible puts it, the, ca the casting out of the seven devils. Did he alter the nature of this human being? Or did he destroy the inclination toward the teachings of Yaqub that was responsible for the making of devils? The Holy Quran teaches us that evil is a bad name after faith. If the mother believed in Allah and submitted her will to do his will, then in her obedience to Allah, how could she be given a nickname or an evil name after faith? Then I looked again and deeper at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teachings that white people could be our brothers and sisters in faith, though not by nature. And you can find that in uh, Our Savior Has Arrived. He says there are white people, many white people, that are Muslims. So many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made 100 
in $30,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Peace. I then compared the way of life and the descendants of the whites who were in the Middle Eastern area and did not go into the hills and caves sides of Europe 16,000 years ago to the descendants of the whites who were rounded up and driven out of the part of the world, of that part of the world. Now, check this out, those of you all who know the teachings of the Honorable Muhammad and you think the minister's off. Look at the supreme wisdom. The lessons teach us. That we rounded up all that we could find, which means there were some we could not find, and they were hidden by some of our people. Those whom we could not find married into the original family grew up under Islam and knew nothing of Yaqub and his teaching of lying, stealing, and how to master the original man. So these are white people or Caucasian people who grew up under the influence of the nature of Islam. Well, if this is so, and it is, why did the Honorable Elijah Muhammad tell me not to use the term devil? Secondly, and I studied more, I learned that the term, that the term devil applied to them, Caucasian people, all right enough, but it also applied to any human being who devotes the essence of his or her life to rebellion against God and leading others in that rebellion. This makes an, uh, any person who does that a devil. That's heavy. That's heavy teaching, because if we continue to look at the white man and point at the white man, then we will ignore ourselves. In fact, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said he'll have us so smart that the white man would be wrapped around our fingers, around our fingers, and we wouldn't even know he was there. So it's important to get into the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because we have the study guys that teach us self-improvement is the basis of community development. The way we destroy white supremacy is not by marching and protesting. The way we destroy white supremacy is with black excellence. We will destroy them with black excellence. Shout out to our brothers that's in the five percenters that teach about building and destroying. Well, guess what? If we build our world, their world will be destroyed. If we build on truth, falsehood will be destroyed. When 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 uh truth come, falsehood vanishes. Ain't that what it's ain't that what it's saying in the Quran? Well, build on truth. Build our world. Build our schools, build our restaurants, build our businesses, and we will not have to complain about theirs. Let's look at page 38, family, and then we're going to get on to this next segment. But page 38 is heavy, too. I want y'all to think on this, man. Look at 38. This is talking about the transitional period. See, the evolution because so many of us are in a transitional period right now. Look at this. <sighs> Look at this. 
God desires me to be, the nation in following me, is not what it was and it is not what it is, it is destined to be. So the minister and the nation are in transition. During this period of transition, those who watch the man in transition may have a tendency to be judgmental. They are not sure of where he is. They are not sure of where he is going. The only thing they understand is where they were and the level of comfort they had where they were. This can be, this can sentence them to stand where they were, then misjudge the man in transition by uh, before he gets to where Allah God wants him to go. This disallows them to travel with the man who is in transition. Therefore, they stop in the process of growth toward perfection and the process of death begins for the individual or the group. And I want to give a personal testimony about this because I made a heavy transition into the nation of Islam. Brothers and sisters, I've been playing basketball, y'all, since about the age of two years old. My family invested heavily into my basketball career. They was traveling with me to play basketball. You know, they was paying for me to go on trips. AAU, they paying for tickets, they paying for shoes, they paying for uniforms, paying with their time to be at my basketball games. Thought I had a promising basketball career, and if I would have stuck at it and had the same heart and mind for it as I did, I probably would have, either going to the NBA or, if not the NBA, overseas. Point is, I could have played professional basketball. But when I was introduced to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I fell in love with the knowledge. I fell in love with the truth. And I was having a major transition in my life because I was in college. And I always told my mom, I really don't want to go to school. I'm either going to go to school for basketball. If not basketball, there's no reason for me to be in school because I already am an entrepreneur. And in being an entrepreneur, I know what I, what I need for my entrepreneurship. I can get that on YouTube and Google. So when I went to college, I was supposed to be on scholarship as promised, but things end up changing. And because it didn't change, and I'm listening to the minister talk about debt being slavery, I said, oh, no, I'm not going to be here too long. And basketball began to feel like a job to me. So I end up dropping out of college. In dropping out of college, not only was I making a transition from not being a basketball player, not only did I drop out of college, which is something that many people didn't agree with, but I was making a transition in my religion. I was making a transition in my beliefs. I was making a transition in my way of life. I'm going to read something again. He said, look at this. The only thing they understand is where they were. They only stood where I was. I was supposed to be a basketball player. I'm just a little being that played basketball. I'm just being that went to school. See? And the level of comfort they had where they were. They was comfortable with me playing basketball. They wasn't comfortable with me talking about the black man is God. 
They wasn't comfortable with me talking about the exposing a white man. Brother Ben, your coach is white. Your high school coach was white. How can you say this? But they didn't understand what I was saying. They didn't understand the teachings, nor did they understand my transition. Brother Ben, we the ones who invested in you. Ben, we the one who been with you this whole time. I don't understand this. Why you looking up to Farrakhan? Why you in the nation? We was there for you. But they didn't see the transition. And many of y'all are going through that right now as I speak. You listen to this podcast and you've been listening to the teachings and you've been waking up. But your mother don't understand. Son, what are you doing? You're going to get killed. You don't believe in Jesus no more. You don't believe in God no more. That ain't even what we teach. But they don't understand the transition. Look at this. Look at this. He says, this can sentence them to stand where they were, then misjudge. See, the man in transition before he gets to where Allah God wants him to go. So before God put me where I'm at now, they was judging me. Well, well, hell, if they don't, well, well them Muslims going to have to take care of you then. See, you don't let them Muslims make you a failure. You're not playing basketball no more. You're not in college no more. Man, them Muslims done messed your mind up. Brothers and sisters, these are things that I heard. I heard things like, well, if you need nothing, don't ask me for nothing. Ask the Muslims. I heard this. And it was painful to hear these things because all I wanted to do was I was attracted to truth. I wanted to do what God was putting on my heart, but because they didn't understand, they misjudged me. You done threw your life away. The Muslims going to get you killed. I heard this, but, but it was a misjudgment because now I have over 500 Million views on Facebook alone. Several thousands of testimonials of how people's lives has been changed. So they couldn't see it in the beginning because I was struggling. I dropped out of college. I was struggling with where I was I going to get the money from because I didn't want to have a job already. So I'm struggling. I got jobs. Didn't want to be at the job. Then when I quit the jobs, I'm doing for self. But you know, in doing for self, the money not always going to be stable. So now I'm battling. Oh, I'm finna get deep now. I'm battling. I'm thinking like, well, damn, I gotta, I gotta ask them for help because I need the help. But I don't want it to seem like in me asking for help that Allah isn't sufficient. So I'm battling in my mind, do I just suffer or hell? Do I put my pride to the side and say, hey, Allah is growing me. I need your help right now. You either going to help me or you not. So now they thinking, well, if you need me, what you need the nation for? If you need me, what you need Allah for? Oh, so now that's, that's playing in my mind. So there can be thoughts like, well, dang, do I need to go back to playing basketball where everything looks, looks, looks secure? Do I need to live this lifestyle that I know Allah isn't pulling me to because it seems more secure? You got to take that leap of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for but not yet seen.
you got to have faith in your transition. So when you transitioning in life, you got to you got to have faith. You was a gangbanger. Now you make you turning your life over to God, but they don't see your transition. They pulling you back to where you used to be. They think you who you used to be. They not letting you make your transition. So they condemning you for your from your past, but they don't know what God has for your future. That's what I'm saying. So they they misjudge you. They misjudge you. Same way Noah. Noah is building an ark in the desert. Come on, family. Y'all not hearing me. Noah is building a ark, an ark, in a desert where it ain't never rained. God is preparing not only him, but them for something. Hear me out here. This, I mean, God, the God is, he hit, this is something, this is revelation as I, as I'm saying it. Not only was God having him prepare the ark for himself, but the God was preparing, having him prepare the ark for those who was mocking him. So you misjudging me, not knowing I'm getting wisdom. So that in, when I begin to speak this wisdom on YouTube, when I begin to speak this wisdom on Facebook, it's going to be wisdom that's going to be medicine for you. But you misjudging me too early, too early. So we can't misjudge somebody in their evolution. Let Allah build them up. It's kind of like you judging the book because you don't read the first chapter. You don't chapter. You don't know what's finna happen in chapter four, chapter five. So don't judge my life based on reading my seeing chapter two. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Don't judge my entire life looking at chapter two. Chapter two ain't nothing but the launching pad. Ain't, ain't nothing but the launching pad to where I'm going to be at. Look at this. Misjudge the man in transition before he gets where Allah God wants him to go. This disallows them to travel with the man who is in transition. So now when I begin to be up and Allah has blessed me, this is where Allah wanted to grow you up to. He wanted to use me to grow you up with me. Or he wanted to use them to grow you up with them. But because you judged them too early, now there's a gap that has occurred. There's a gap. There is a gap. And you wonder why this person is getting blessings after blessings. And you're not. You didn't even understand that, that he's used you as a stepping stool. Man, it's some heavy stuff, man. Therefore, they stop in the process of their own growth toward perfection. And the process of death begins for the individual or the group. Whew. Ooh, that's heavy stuff, man. So I want you guys to just think about that, man. Don't judge nobody too early. You know, don't make a judgment too early because the Bible says judge righteously. We can judge righteously. It don't say don't judge. It said judge or you will be judged. You can judge, but don't make a judgment determining how a person is and you're not allowing him to evolve. That may just be a chapter in his life. Man, so that's that segment, family. I hope y'all got something up out of that, man. This next segment is going to be sponsored once again by Patreon.
If you would like to support this podcast, man, go to www.patreon.com slash brotherbenx. That's www.patreon.com slash brotherbenx. Now, we finna get into some current events. There's a brother named Tyrone Muhammad who was tired of the black woman being mistreated. So I'm going to play this video, and if you listen to the podcast, you're just going to hear the podcast, but I'm going to play it because this brother Tyrone Muhammad went to the, he went to the Korean store and just started busting the windows out. I mean, the brother just bust the windows smooth out. So we finna go to that right now. Of these Korean. Let me see. Let me go on to the video right here. Here we go right here. Check this out. In the play with these people. I'm just telling you like this. I'm not here to play. Everybody here playing games. I'm not here to play with them. What's up, black man? This is over with. The last time, it's gonna happen. Y'all step away from this window, or y'all stay here, continue to support these people that continue to disrespect y'all. When black men stand up for y'all by these clowns disrespecting us, we don't get the support we need from y'all. Y'all get away from that. Y'all come on out. Come on out. Y'all didn't come on out. You've been warm. We're gonna shut it down. Thank you. All right. No problem. Move. I told you to move. That's not right. And somebody should call the police. You get 911. Yeah, I told her I said, come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Back it up. The brother said he wasn't playing. He's not playing. He said he wasn't playing. He is not playing. That's okay. He know. He know. You got another one. Yeah. Take it All in. Right. I got mine. I got mine. Stop playing. Y'all play too much. We talk too much. That's it. Quit playing. Stop disrespecting like me. I ain't got it. I ain't say that. Don't move. Don't move. Just put it I'm in your pocket. I'm not running. I'm not hiding. I'm not going to keep doing it. Yeah. Come on up out of there. Back it up, sister. Ain't no question. Yeah, okay. So this is what happens when somebody stands up. He stood up. He stood up. He told you what it's gonna be. He stood up. He did what was in his heart to do. He's out. He's he's done it. Thank you. Appreciate you, Tyrone. 
Where are you sisters taking them? Which station is this? Come on up out of there. It's me, ma'am. Thank you. What station are you taking them to? This is 6th District. Thank you. We headed to 78th and Halsted for Tyrone Muhammad. So here's a narrative on how ECCSC works. The officers, very honorable. They came, they're doing their job. Tyrone came out and he did his job. He is not playing. We grown, we grown, we got some. Yeah. That's right. We got him. We got this brother. We got this brother. Yeah, we got this brother. We told you to come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. That's how we do it. White man stole the kill. We can do it. This neighborhood. That's on them. We told them. We told you before you went in there. We told you. We told you before you went in there. You went in there, though. We told you. That's ridiculous. Okay. We done. We done talking. See you tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. You guys are unbelievable. Unbelievable. They threw bricks in with the olives. They know. They already arrested him already. You keep on going. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you can stay. You can stay. This is about me. Well, I'm sorry. Who's not the only one that threw bricks? Who's not the only one that threw bricks? You were sitting. First of all, you were inside. You were inside. You didn't see a thing. You didn't see a thing. You had your back to the wind. Don't make her famous. Don't make her famous. Hey, Jack, come get your people. Talk to me, brother. Talk to me, brother. Listen, this is black power, black unity, black economics. Y'all should. We told you if you cross that line, that's your behind. We are responsible for you. Hold my, hold my, hold my. Why y'all going on somewhere? Y'all going somewhere? Hey, hey, fuck fuck you. You. You're already going to catch a case of yeah. mob action. We ain't catching nothing. We're not we catching nothing. Okay. We ain't catching nothing. It's over with. Yeah, because they got to break my fucking car. It's over with. It's over with. Oh, really? Go with your neighbor. Really? Stop telling them. Hey, hey, hey. Can you break the Let's get it, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all, brother. I we was here. We brought the truth. Thanks troops. for the support. But um, that's what it's about. Yeah, no fear, y'all. We got to respect this brother right here. There ain't no time to be planned, man. Stop. Right. We got to organize in the right way, and we got to stop hey, hey, talking hey, and be consistent hey, right. with what we do. It don't take, it don't take long. I'm blocking it. All right, y'all, go ahead. Puppy yeah. son. Go ahead. Thank you. I've been doing this all my life. Um,
having this opportunity, that, that, that's all it is, just standing up for our people. We've been going to that particular one. Dude, that's the third time. Mm -hmm. Last time I was there, and I even met with the owner, I told him, next time we come through here, we're going to shut it down. I'm a man of my word. And I know, that's, that's right, I Um, Ex-Conquer, Communion, Social Chain, God, the real love. Man, I brother, uh, always on the, <laughs> always on the, look, we got everybody Hey, here. next we time let us know, man. Hey, 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 I ain't know if to run or what, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just, just know that you know if we out there together, we're going to be all right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know what? We're not going to continue to disrespect our women and our Period. children. You're not going to continue to usurp the funds out of our community and then treat us Thank like friends. And that's Thank really what it is. And we got to start holding aldermen. That's right. Next that's right. They're that's the one. Next they give them the license to disrespect us. We will see then we knock on their door. That's the next move. I said it. I said it. Thank you all for us and for your support and love. This don't, this don't stop right here. We got to do this everywhere. I told y'all we're going to set that 79th Street Happy Liquor Store from, from uh, Exchange all the way to West and 79th Street is five. Yeah. In terms of the crime and the violence and the disrespect of our women and our, our, our community. That's right. And that's what it's about. We're killing it and our sons is dying down here. Yeah. At some point, we got to be the community leaders because everybody else has sold us out. Yeah. Just too much talking, no action. We march, y'all, but we got to show some action. action. That's what my there whole purpose yeah. is just say saying. That. We ain't going to keep talking to these people Keeping about the same old thing and nothing yeah. never happened. Let me say something, brother. Next time it'll be their face. Let me say, let me say something, brother. I respect you because you gave everybody the warning to get up out of there. Yeah. They didn't listen. They didn't yeah. take heed. You did what you had to do. Man, listen, man. This ain't nothing. I ain't trying this this is, I was born to do this. I'm probably going to die doing it. Uh, so all I can say is you did what a soldier would have done. Now what up? All right, family. So that is brother Tyrone Muhammad. A brother who said he was fed up with the black woman being disrespected by this, you know, this Asian nail shop. The Quran says that persecution is worse than slaughter. The Quran says that retaliation is prescribed. And the minister says that there's going to be a people that's going to rise up and give America hell. There is not going to be peace in the streets if we're not being treated justly. There's not going to be peace in the streets if we keep on being disrespected. There are brothers out here who's tired. There's brothers out here who ain't as civilized as the next man who will be willing to retaliate in a way that you may not like. That you may not like. I love this brother's spirit, man, because the spirit shows me that he's fearless. Not only was he not afraid of the Asians, but he wasn't afraid of the police. He knew he was going to be arrested. He was prepared to be arrested. So I'm settling on the best part of the planet Earth. 
Because we need that type of fiery spirit from brothers who just fed up and tired. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that our women must be protected and any other group of people, races, nationalities, whatever we like to say, they, are, they would not respect us until we respect our women. In fact, he says a nation rises no higher than this woman. Oh, that is heavy. A nation rises no higher than this woman. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, when you teach a man, you're teaching an individual. But when you teach a woman, you're teaching a nation. When you disrespect a man, you're disrespecting an individual. But when you disrespect a woman, you're disrespecting a nation. Why is that, Minister Farrakhan? Because the womb of a woman is going to give birth to a nation. Let's examine slavery, family. Whenever they was whipping the boys or whipping the males, they wanted the mothers to say this. Why? Because the mother has a natural bond and love. She's the first teacher. She's the first nurturer of the, of the womb, of the baby. So if I can get the woman to be afraid, I already got the children because you coming out the womb of that mother, she naturally loves you and wants to protect you. She's going to teach you, don't look that white man in the eye. Don't challenge that white man. Why? Because I want you to be alive, son. So if I can scare the woman, I'm naturally going to scare the child. If I can get to the woman, if she's the first teacher, I'm going to get to the child. If I can make the woman believe the best way is to go to school, get good grades so you can get a degree and get a good job. I ain't even got to teach the mother or the children because the mother going to teach the children that. Come on, man. Think about this. If I can poison the thoughts of the mother. Look at, I want y'all to go examine giving birth to a guy by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. If I can poison the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions of a mother, she's going to pass that down to her children in the womb. In the womb. Now, with all that being said, though, I do want to bring balance to the situation and what happened. Is that going to bring a lot of attention? Of course. Is the brother going to get a lot of attention? Of course. Will that maybe even make some black men stand up and say, man, hell, yes, what I'm talking about. Because he was the forerunner. He showed me, he showed that it can happen. A whole bunch of brothers are going to want to stand up now for the black woman. The brother's getting a lot of support. But I want us to be wise. I want us to be wise. Because, I mean, honestly, the, 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 the Asian store probably has insurance. So the window is probably going to be fixed. No problem at all. You know, no problem. You know, back to, back to as usual. It's going to be back running. Store going to open back up, right? It's not really shut down per se. May have been messed up that day, but eventually it's going to be back up. Almost like. The president, the U.S. of America, this corporation, if you get upset with the president, okay, 
you can you can remove the president, but guess what? We're gonna put up a new face in four years, eight years. So the constitution still the constitution. Their way is still their way, it's just a new face. They done gave you some new promises. Politics, politicians, multiple ticks, blood suckers of the poor. Okay? You get mad at the NBA. Well, they can change the commissioner. They can change the CEO. But the game is still going to be the same unless you change the laws. We can get mad at the school system. We can get the principal fired. But guess what? The school system is still in place. The police officer, low-key, may get fired, may go to jail. But why are we still seeing police officers kill people? Because the system is still in place. It was, the, it was initially slave control, patrol. See? It was initially slave patrol. So we can get somebody fired, but they're going to put a new one in. We swearing a new one in. Think about this. So the best thing to do is what the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us, which is separate. The honorable Elijah Muhammad said separation is the best and only answer. Oh, he didn't say, oh, this is one of the answers. Oh, he said this is the best and only answer. And what is separation? Are y'all saying segregation? No, we saying how long are we going to depend on white people to do for us what we had the power to do for ourselves? How long are we going to depend on Asian people to do for us what we had the power to do for ourselves? How long are we going to depend on Korean people to do for us what we had the power to do for ourselves? If we are one of the major consumers, then damn it, we can be a, a producer. Do you know if we're united, we can be the ninth richest country? But we got to get a creative mind. We have to have a producing mindset. We know how to do her. Auntie been doing her at the crib for years. She got to learn the business, though. We laugh at the Mexicans. They rolling 10 deep. You laughing because they all saying one home, but you not knowing they got a plan and a strategy. You don't know they got a plan and a strategy. So they got a whole bunch of people in one home, but when one married couple gets married, when they get married, now they done bought, put their money together, done bought one home. See, they done bought a home. Somebody else get married, I got y'all home. Somebody else get married, I got y'all, and they buying the block one by one. But you laughing at them. You laughing because they all fit in one car. But you're not knowing they got ownership. They got land. They got real estate. So the best thing for us to do is to set up a contrast. Set up a beauty supply store down the street. Provide your people with quality products. Don't expect them to support you just because you black. No, quality products, quality service, quality customer service. And you went over our business. You went over business. You show the power. You show the power of group economics. See? So when you showing the power 
of the group economics, now you look at it like Brother Neary said one time. You see, Brother Neary said one time, he says if you got a school, right, and then another person has an insurance place, and then another brother got a restaurant, well, we are now circulating the black dollar. Because if I own a school, I need insurance. The person who got insurance, the insurance business, they need food to eat. So that same dollar that I paid to the insurance place, they're going to pay it to the restaurant. The restaurant people who, who own a restaurant, when you begin to have children, when you get you some children, you're going to need a school to go to. Send them to my school. We circulating a dollar. But every time we get a dollar, it's leaving going to the white man's hand. In fact, I looked up some statistics not too long ago. It says our dollar only circulates about eight hours in the black community. In the Asian community, 30 days. I'm going to say that again. In our community, in our community, eight hours. Their community, Koreans, 30 days. So I want to show you guys an example of what we did in our study group under the guidance of Brother Malik. Waxahachie study group. There was two Korean beauty supply stores on each end, on each end of the highway or, or, or of this street. We had brothers in front of one Korean store with signs that said, redistribute the pain. It was in response to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on Justice or Else 10, 10, 15. See, Martin Luther King, they don't teach y'all that he said redistribute the pain. We boycotting Christmas. We boycotting those who are uh, 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 blood suckers of the poor. You come in our community, you don't stay in our community, you suck the blood and then go build up your community. So we boycotted them. We pushed our people to the middle, which was a black beauty supply store. Her, uh, her, um, her percentages... Her sales increased 100% family. Check out this video. Peace family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www. What is abstribe.com? www.whatisabstribe.com. The main purpose of why we're here, you know about the boycott that we did in the city of Lancaster in which we successfully redirected over 89, close to 100 people 
um, who decided to give our sister, Sister Rebecca and her husband, brother Sifa, an opportunity to earn their business at Empress Beauty Supply. So we thank Allah for all of the efforts that went into it. We thank the brothers and sisters of the Waxahachie Study Group. And most importantly, we thank those courageous brothers and sisters who gave them an opportunity to earn their business. So at this time, please help me to receive to the rostrum, Sister Rebecca Polius. Let's give her a round of applause, please. We decided that we wanted to be a part of this industry probably nearly three years ago. And I had always been told that it was a very difficult industry to get into. And it turns out that um, that is very much so the truth. It is not an easy industry. Uh, the industry, the supply industry, is 38. It's a 38 billion dollar industry, um, where the majority of the people that go there are black. Majority are black women. So you got a 38 billion dollar industry that is 97 percent Korean owned. Okay. Um, and we're talking about on all sides. We're talking about retail. We're talking about manufacturing. We're talking about wholesale distribution. 97% Korean owned. And yet the majority of the customer base, the consumer base, is black. With us only being 3%, we're only a drop in the bucket. So it's very easy for them to turn us down for simple things, for accounts, hair accounts, uh, product accounts, all they have to do is tell us no. Um, because it doesn't really mean anything to them. The way that the average person helps with that is to shop at black-owned beauty supply stores and black-owned businesses in general. Uh, because the numbers that I'm giving you, that 97% Korean-owned, it's actually kind of a reflection of the business market in general in the United States. Only 3% is black-owned. We have lost in the past six months, we have lost uh, two black-owned beauty supply stores. There was one in Crowley, she closed. Um, there was one in Oak Cliff, she closed. Um, a lot of it is, you know, you have one part where nobody knows that you're there, you know. Um, the other part is they fall for a lot of the stereotypes that come with black-owned beauty supply stores and black business in general. Uh, perhaps the customer service there is going to be horrible, it's going to be rude. Um, you've got um, prices, they think the prices are going to be extremely high, um, and so they don't want to give it any kind of chance at all. You know, when um, the Waxahachie study group came to us and told us that that's what they wanted to do, that um, they wanted to uh, fulfill Farrakhan's um, idea of justice or else and promoting black business, we felt that we would be remiss if we did not uh, participate in that. So, you know, the first Saturday that they did it, uh, our sales increased 50%. And then the next Saturday that they did it, our sales increased 100% which was, yes, it was just amazing. So, if we could, if we could have that type of uh, reaction and dedication to this, you know, every week, I mean, that it would just become, it would just be completely different. Um, but that's where we are right now. I just wanna say thank you so much to the Waxahachie Study Group because y'all did, did wonders, those videos, people,
So as y'all can see, family, that is what we did in, in Lancaster under the guidance of Brother Malik, man, with Waxahachie Study Group. Man, the Jewish people came out, as you saw. Police came out, as you saw. But we stood ten toes down. Uh, we was able to win the business or earn the business of so many of our people. So many of our people didn't even know that that black beauty supply store was even there. And many of them was even, they touched the door of the Koreans. They touched the door of the beauty supply store and they turned around. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, man. It was a beautiful situation. And it showed that in unity, we can get something done. We could get something done. So next, family, the next story I want to go to, man, is uh, South Africa. There are some things happening in South Africa that I believe is very, very sad. It's unfortunate because it's our people killing our own people. And uh, I don't know how to say this word, but it's, I think it's xenophobia. It's basically where they are prejudice or against people who are foreigners. But it's their own people who they killing. Somebody sent me a video, man, where they are literally throwing a brick at another black man's head. Now, I'm not going to show that. You can look that up on your own. But it was a sad situation. And there's this guy named, brother named, uh, let me see what is, how to pronounce this. Malama. Malama. He spoke out about what's going on. Let me let y'all hear what the brother had to say. Powerful information. Look at this. Stop your self-hatred. Stop attacking our brothers from Africa, our sisters from Africa. We are one thing. You say, Batata even if we expel them tomorrow, you will still not get a job. There are no jobs in South Africa because whites are refusing to invest money in South Africa. They've got too many savings in the bank. They've got trillions in the bank. They are refusing to take it out and build industries. There is no Nigerian who stole an industry and hired Nigerians only. There is no Zimbabwean who's got a farm in Naisna or Stellenbosch who hired Zimbabweans. It is your white people who hire Zimbabweans, pay them low so that you can fight amongst yourself as Africans, see them for what they are. Bias Luis Alababanto, they are causing divisions amongst Africa. Don't glorify these borders. Uti, hey, there is Zimbabwe, there is Nigeria. These borders were never here. These borders were imposed on us by white people who wanted to divide Africa and do what they wanted to do with this continent of Africa. I am ashamed today to call myself a South African. The image that are coming out of Deben make me to be ashamed. You are beating blacks. You are slaughtering Africans. I've never seen you doing that to a Chinese. I've never seen you doing that to a white person who doesn't have papers. I've never seen you do that to an Indian without papers. But once they say it's an African, 
because you hate yourself, because white people taught you to hate yourself, you kill other Africans. Stop that nonsense. It ends today. We must unite as Africans. I'm, I'm at loss for words listening to this, brother, because it shows how important the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is. Exactly what this brother just said is what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been trying to get us to understand for decades. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was riding with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad one day, and he said that you cannot fathom, man, the depths of Satan. Satan makes evil far-seeming. Look at what the brother said. He hires them. Satan, man, makes devils. He hires them, pays them low so they can fight amongst each other. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan taught us that we are in and we are in a conspiracy against ourselves unwittingly. Fighting against yourself and you don't even understand who's at the root of it. Self-hatred. Look at what the brother said. You don't kill a Chinese like that when they come over here without papers. You don't kill no, you don't kill no white people when they come over here without papers. But when you see a black man, when you see an African, you killing them. That's because you hate yourself. And you hate yourself because you don't have knowledge of self. Why does the devil call our people Africans? That's what's in our lessons. Because they want us to see our people as different, man. Black is not a color. Black is the essence from which all color comes from. You the original man. You the original man whether you from Africa, Nigeria, Jamaican, Jamaica. It don't matter what land mass you from. You are the original man, direct descendant of God, man. But you see yourself as different. That's why we in the condition we in. Because we can't unite because we don't see ourselves as the same. We don't see ourselves as what we is, which is God's. Children of the Most High God exercising our force and power that dwells on the inside. Self-hatred, man. We ain't got the knowledge of self, which produces love for self. Love for self produces respect for self. Plain and simple, man. That's why we need the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is so important today because exactly what them brothers is going through over there, that's what we're going through over here. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad talked about the 5%, the 10%, and the 85%. Yes, he came to the black man in America, but now it's a universal teaching. 5%, the poor righteous teachers. Those who know the reality of God, the 85 percent, the dumb, deaf and blind, poison animal eaters who don't understand cause and effect. Then you got the 10 percent who are the blood suckers of the poor. They know the reality of God, but they keeping it away from the 85 percent because they want to keep them dumb, deaf and blind so they can use them as a tool. That's why they keep our people ignorant. So, yes, that applies to America, but it also applies everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, man. 
That's why the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is important, man. It is important. It is important if you know it to teach it. As I said on my last podcast, man, I'm tired of hearing this damn, oh, I'm hiding. I'm waiting on the final call. I'm waiting for it to go down. I'm waiting for war. Man, we already at war. Don't you see the people are over there killing each other? That is war. But they at war because they don't understand the spiritual war. They at war because they don't got the knowledge of self. They at war because what we have, we hold on to it, waiting for some damn spooky day to happen. When it's already happening. It's already going down. What you got, brother, the people need. We, we, we got to get involved with this mission. We got to get involved with this mission, man. So uh, that's that, man. That's that segment of the show, man. Y'all check out www.brotherbenx.com. I got many programs on there that you guys can find. Entrepreneurship programs where you can, where you can find my six-week program, which is paid to lead. Uh, I have $2 Mondays on there where you can go in there and pay just $10 and you can get access to my ebook. You can get access to many resources on a page that I put together that teaches you how to make money online. Teaches you how to not only make money online with your own product, but teaches you how to make money from other people's products, other people's books, other people's courses, and you can get paid. You can go find that at www.brotherbenx.com. You can also book me at brotherbenx.com. I'm about to call in my manager because this next segment of the show is going to be about millionaire weekend that is coming up very soon but this in particular is millionaire weekend town hall millionaire weekend town hall is going to actually be free free of charge is going to be in dallas texas and it's going to be where you can come and learn strategies about business for those who don't know about what millionaire weekend is millionaire weekend is something that i created for entrepreneurs and people who are ready to take their lives to the next level financially we're going to be staying at a mansion for four three days millionaires will be there at least four millionaires is going to be there or just people who are successful in business is going to be there you're going to not only Learn from them one-on-one. You're going to have workshops, and you're going to have food, and your, your ticket includes your stay at the mansion. The best investment I think you can make, man. Any question that you have about strategy, any question that you have about mindset, you're going to have them right there in your face where you can engage with them, family. So I'm about to call my manager in who has been helping me out a lot put this together so we can talk about this uh, millionaire weekend. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Dr. Omar. Brother Beck. Okay, so this uh particular segment of the Brother Benet's podcast is about Millionaire Weekend. I kind of gave them a brief update about Millionaire Weekend and the town hall and things of that nature. Can you let them know where exactly is it going to be located? What is the location? I told them it's going to be in Dallas, Texas. Um, but what is the actual location and time for them for the Millionaire Weekend Town Hall? And again, family, it is going to be free. It is free, and it is at 1515 Young Street, Dallas, Texas. It is literally right across from City Hall at the Central Dallas Public Library, which is very exquisite. Brother Benex has been there before. Um, there's some 
wonderful things that we'll be able to do at the library. We just have a great partnership with them. So it's the Central Dallas Public Library at 1515 Young Street, Dallas, Texas. And we are so excited. It is free. It's open to the public. But we only have limited space for that free open to the public. So get yourself RSVP by going to the Eventbrite link or contacting us on social media. Dr. Omar, can you tell them a little bit about the the the, the millionaires who are going to be there? What are they going to be teaching? Who are they? What makes them qualify? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, number one, millionarity. That's my favorite word. <laughs> So the millionaires that are going to be there that we have coming as instructors is Coriel Hughes, we have Monet Long, we have Miss Andrea Love, and we have Corey Reese. And the reason why we chose them to come out swinging, right, to be the first set of millionaires is because they've done it in a very strategic way for Corey Hughes. He did it through the tax business, and he had a million dollars, lost a million dollars, and he got it back. So we need to hear from that. And then as far as Corey Reese goes, He started off doing and has only done one niche market, which is photography and videography. So how in the world do you penetrate one niche market and still reach, you know, 45,000 students? And how do you take that money and use that money from that one niche into something else, which is real estate? And that's what he did. And then as far as Monet Long, how do you become a credit millionaire? We want to know how to get your credit to a, a, a way that you can get funded a million dollars, whether it be personal or business. What is that about? And then as far as Andrea Love, how do you get access to funding and why does she and her mother have a $100 million fund for economic development? So we want to bring those type of people out. But we also have this other millionaires that support the platform that will be there that we can ask questions to, that, they, that we can also speak to because we have ideas, right, as people. The public has ideas that are million-dollar ideas. Brother Benek has over a million followers. He gets, you know, up to 5 million engagements per month. So what can we do to monetize that? And a million dollars isn't always just about the money. It's also about relationships, access, as well as what you do with it. So that's what we have going on. Now, with yourself, having made a million dollars before, many people have not even made a million. A lot of people haven't even made um, 100,000. Uh, in the life, sure. the two hundred thousand in the life. From your perspective, and I think I know what you're going to say. Um, being who <laughs> you are, what uh-huh. is the main? I can say characteristic. What is that main thing from your mm-hmm. perspective that they need to become a millionaire? Awesome. So for someone like me to amass a million dollars, it came based off my relationship. I knew it. Had it not had been for my relationship. There's no way I could have made a million dollars. And I'll give you an example just today. Today is my born day, right? So today is my son return, birthday, whatever you want to call it. Today was the day that my mom was like, come on out, right? And so today I called uh, our CTO. When I say our, I mean Brother Benex and myself, our CTO. His name is Khalif. And he was like, what? Today's your birthday? He was like, send me your trust wallet. I'm going to send you a million cryptocurrencies. He didn't say a thousand. He didn't say 100. He said 1 million cryptocurrencies. If that crypto was worth 1 cent, it's 1 million 1 cent. So we have to consider that that had to be because of a relationship. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that because he felt like, oh, I'm going to give this sister this money because 
um, she does business with me. No, we built a relationship over time. And through that relationship, he felt like, hey, it's your birthday. Let me get you one million crypto. So that that's an example of what I mean by relationship. And so that's the way that I know, the quickest way that I know. That doesn't mean that that's the only way. But relationships typically for Omai have resulted in very strong income for me and my family. And that's my way. And that's what I help teach people is how to build those relationships. Brother Ben X and I have built our relationship over years. I think I met him when he was around 20 years old. And just through the years, as much as I get on his nerves, he keeps me around. But there's some value there in that relationship on both sides. That's how I teach. But, but the other people, Corey Hughes is great at team building. And that builds in relationship. But for the most part, he sees something. He recruits people based off of their skill set, their talent, and how they can move his business forward. Even though that deals in relationship, there's speci- uh, the specific part is team building. And so there's different ways that each person will be able to teach and answer questions based on how do you get there? How do you even, like you said, how do you get up to 100000 And my, my first six figures came from work. When I made my first six, set of six figures, it came from my hand working my bottom off. It didn't really come through my relationship. But for the millions, that came from relationships. Mm. Now, I tell people all the time, man, that um – um you know, y'all have really helped me focus because I have an idea every day, family. For those who don't know and listen Amen. to this podcast, I have an idea every day. I may have an idea to shoot. Let's let's make a flying car, Doctor Omar. Let's <laughs> let's let's make dogs that fly. So I always have a lot of ideas, and they do a great job at not condemning my ideas, but politely saying, "Brother Benes, let's focus on this right here." So I love that That's about good. them. But what about? What was it about when I presented the Millionaire Weekend that attracted mm-hmm. you that said, man, let's do this right here. Do This This is going to be it right here. Well, the number one thing you said, argue with me, fought tooth and nail, was willing to really go for bat for. The one thing you said, and you didn't care about what I said, was it doesn't have to be millionaires that do the instructing, right? And so anybody who's willing to fight with me is a winner, okay? Because for me, it has to be millionaire instructors. But then I began to see it your way because, listen, if you get a group of people at a quarter of a million dollars and that group collectively can be a millionaire, I had to start seeing things from a different perspective. So the number one thing you gave me on Millionaire Weekend and why I decided to become an executive producer of it was because you were willing to think outside of the box that it doesn't have to be a millionaire to bring a million dollar idea. Someone, everyone has value. So that was number one, and you were willing to fight for that. Secondly, the reason why is because we were already on that trajectory when I met you back in 2016. I was flying in African-American, and it was very important that they were African-American. I was flying in African-American billionaires and millionaires to meet with the community on purpose for a purpose. And I was already in that trajectory. And to be quite honest with you, I had burnt out on all of that. And I got burnt out. And then here comes this young man, Brother Benek, with the with the, the world of stars in his eyes. And he had an idea that trumped my idea by putting it in a mansion. And I was doing it at the library. Mark Cuban had given us his movie theater to do it at. I was doing it at my, my community dad's uh, ranch, Skyline Ranch in Dallas. And I was just trying to get the community out. And it wasn't until I got to the, the central library where we'll be for the Millionaire Town Hall 
that the the, sh- the tide shifted because at that time it was more intimate. It was only 11 people versus 300 people. And it was only CEOs and only people that were willing to really, truly take it to the next level. And it was very small, but we made $25,000 that day that we did it at, that, at the library that we'll be at. And it was because it was a smaller group of people. And Brother Benex has created this for a very select, small group of people from 16 to 25 students who will be in a millionaire environment learning millionaire ideas and tactics. And it was so funny because King Cam had posted today that we need unity and unity. And I'm like, uh, and why are so many African-Americans addicted to so many things, you know, from slavery and this, that, and the third? I'm like, well, brother, the quickest way, what I love about Brother Benek, the quickest way to get over any addiction is to change the environment of where you got addicted at. And once you can change that environment, you can start to hear differently, see differently, receive differently, and give differently. And so Brother Benex created the whole scene in a, a millionaire environment. And that's one thing that I did not do back when I was doing this from 2013 all the way to 2017. And that was the missing link for me. And so I jumped right on board to support. Absolutely. And it's greatly appreciated. I want you to talk about your story uh, about being homeless, because I just recently found out family that she was homeless. She said she's been talking about it on videos for years, but I never seen it. And I want to and, and I'm bringing that up before I let you go because of the price. The price is yeah. going to start off at fifteen hundred. Goes up to as yeah. much as five thousand. You guys can check out the uh, packages by going to Eventbrite. But as I was thinking, somebody asked me about my course the other day, and they said, "Is it expensive?" And as I thought, I said, "It depends on you. It depends on your level of faith. It depends on your level of, you know, the the level of uh, leap that you're willing to take to make a transition in your life." Because for me, there's been times when I've bought courses that was fifteen hundred dollars, nineteen hundred dollars. I'm not balling like that at the time, but. It was not an expense. It wasn't expensive. It was an investment. So a brother made a, a a remark on my Instagram today during my live. He says, uh, he said he was talking about trademarking. He said it's expensive. Then he says, you know what? I take that back. It's an investment. And I thought I said, wow. When you look at the word expensive, it has the word expense in there. So is this thing that you're paying for an expense or is it? An investment, because we know an asset is something that brings in money and a liability is something that takes money out. And Robert Kiyosaki talks about cash flow and how you don't want too many expenses. Well, if you're looking at something as an expense, then you don't look at it as as valuable as if it's an investment. So it doesn't matter about how much it costs. If it's an investment, that's what it is. It's not expensive. And Robert Kiyosaki talks about all the time, rich, wealthy mm-hmm. people do not say, I can't afford it. They say, mm. how can I afford it? So how, how can I go how? out and get the money? So I want you to talk about your how. How was you homeless? Yeah. Well, not how was you homeless, <laughs> but how did you get out of that? Because the other day on your Facebook, you even talked about, you know, what can I do with $100? Or how can I get $100 or how to start with $100? Because I want them to have practical steps. You know, I'm all about the steps and the how because I don't want us to have any excuses when it comes to changing your life. So how can somebody make enough money if they say, Brother Ben, I ain't ain't got $1,500? What are some tactics that you use to go from homeless to where you at today? Yes, sir. 
So first and foremost, uh, $1,500 is literally zero dollars when you get to the effect of what that's going to do for you. So the amount of expense, expense really truly means perception. Mm. And so thank you for going ahead and, and bringing that up because this is exactly how I became homeless, right? And so the way that it was, a, it was a train effect, okay? So filed for bankruptcy 2012. That um, bankruptcy that I filed, I actually went to work for that bankruptcy attorney because I was in law school at the time. I went to work for that bankruptcy attorney so I didn't have to pay for it. Hear me good. Bankruptcy is $700, correct? Mm-hmm. And I said, can I work for you? I happened to have still been in getting my certificate as a paralegal, and he said, yes, you can work for me to work the debt off. Number one, are you willing to work for it? Mm. Number two, once I filed for bankruptcy, we know that stays on your credit for seven years. He told me, oh, my, you're never going to make the amount of money that you can make if you go ahead and move to Dallas, Texas. I had never lived in Dallas, Texas. I didn't know anything about Dallas, Texas. My family had begun to migrate here, thank God. So I migrated here. I didn't live with them. I migrated up here. My cousin helped me to get a job. I hadn't had a job like that ever, okay? So as I came here to Dallas, I was making six figures as a 26-year-old doing um, processing uh, credit, uh, excuse me, repossessing people's cars, okay? But it was a credit, it was city financial. And so in that, I was like, wow, this is how you do it. So got married. I had so much money, I started buying uh, semi-trucks with my uh, ex-husband, and we were buying semi-trucks, and that business just tanked. So when that business tanked, so did my marriage, my relationship, my life tanked. And so at that point, I'm on my way out the door through a divorce. I don't have what I had. I got laid off from my job. Once I got laid off from my job, those six figures weren't coming in. And because I was taking that money and investing in the trucking business, I didn't have a lot in savings. So there you go with the story of a woman and still, I'm still in bankruptcy. So I decided, you know, what, what can I, what do I have? I don't have my husband anymore. I don't have my six figures anymore. What do I have? What I had was being 5'11 and looking like something. So I, I started modeling, and it was very late in life to model because I was very out of the game. And thank God somebody was willing to take a chance on me because I pushed my way through the door. All I have is my height and the fact that I have a great personality. I don't have a husband. I don't have any money. I don't have anything. I'm on food stamps. I'm on all kind of welfare. I need help. So I was willing to ask for help. I still was feeding the homeless with my food stamps, just like I was when I had my six figures. I didn't stop my ministry. I still was making good connections. Even though I didn't feel the same, I was still doing and carrying out the same mission Mm. all the way through, okay? So that's another thing that people do. They stop their mission based off their income or based off their situation, circumstance, and that's the last thing you want to do. I had gotten robbed by my own people. Brothers had broken to my car, stole everything that I had, including my food stamp card. Do you hear me? So I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. So I started auditioning for talent, getting no's, getting yeses here and there. I got an I got an idea to interview and take a team of people with me. I said, let's go to Atlanta. I don't know why I want to go to Atlanta. We got in a van. We went to Atlanta. I got selected for a television show. Moved myself out there, dropped my son off with his grandmother, 
and I was going to be the biggest star on NYC. What was it called? Uh, NYPD or whatever it was called. And I was going to be on this show. Get out there. The show got canceled. <laughs> and then as the show got canceled, I'm living with a man that my friend had set us up with. And because she didn't want to have physical interaction with him, he put us out of his house. There you go. That's how I got home. It's on the streets of Atlanta. I met more millionaires. And I'm not talking about in the mind. I'm talking about they had million-dollar money in their bank account. I realized, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S, that they were hopeless. They knew they had done wrong to their family. They knew that they had done wrong and gotten on drugs. They knew they had done wrong and they had hurt their children. They knew they had done wrong because they went to prison or they committed fraud or something like that. They knew they had done wrong, so they didn't think they were worthy of their bank account. So that bank account sat exactly as it stood. And I'm like, sir, can I get access to the bank account? Because I don't feel guilty about nothing. I'm <laughs> like, let me get that money about you. They begin to teach me about character, about truth, about facts, about how religion had got them off their mark, about how bad decisions had got them off their mark. They began to teach me and process me through my internal being versus the external money in the account. And that's how I took this, uh, what we would call homelessness thing, and created my own hope through interviewing, because I'm good at that. I was like, I got to take what I'm good at. I started working with, you know, a lot of people on the street before I started working with Tyler Perry and Oprah and all these other people. I started working with the people on the street first because that's where I was. I was on the street. Now, I had a car. I did have a car, so I did sleep in my vehicle. I started working with Grand Hustle, T.I., and Gucci Man, and nobody believed that I was homeless. I was literally modeling walking down the runway with Keisha Cole, modeling Brandy's hair, and nobody believed I was homeless. I was in the in the lobby, and Jazzy Faye took me out to eat because I told him I was homeless. He was like, girl, quit playing. Let me feed you since you think you homeless or whatever. He thought it was a joke. So I was hanging around all these celebrities and talking to all these people, and literally nobody believed that I was sleeping in my car. I carried myself with dignity. I pronounced my ING. I fixed my hair. I kept my makeup up. I looked like somebody. I kept my personality up. At that time, I was huge in the ministry uh, as a Christian, so I was studying in my Bible. I was hanging around a lot of pastors, but people still did not believe I was homeless. And because, remember, I filed for bankruptcy, I couldn't just go get something because I'm in bankruptcy. My credit is bad. I'm not from Atlanta. I'm from Texas, so I don't have any referrals. Things were bad. It was horrible. So at that time, I said, you know what? I'm going to accept this. And it wasn't until I accepted being homeless that I got out of being homeless. And by the time I had accepted it, God had blessed me with another six-figure opportunity and greater. And I went ahead and took that with Ryan Seacrest in NBC. And I started being my, oh, myself again, if you will. And I started making my money again, if you will, because finally I had accepted it. But it took three years for me to go through that processing. And after that, I was like, okay, I know how to make six figures with $100 now. I know how to build relationships with the least of these, if you will. And Brother Benek had just talked about it's not the greatest amongst us. It's the least of us that are going to be the ones that God uses to uplift. I started understanding that value on the street, not looking at them from my high mountain house or my high-minded self, because I'm on the street just like they are. I started listening to them and learning from them because that's where I was. Ice Cube said, don't try to get known in the world, get known in your own hometown first. 
Well, we also know the scripture in the Bible that says a man in his own hometown, a prophet from his own hometown is without honor there because the people just really just don't support you. So how do you get support from people that don't support you? You you demand it. You command it. You fight for it. And if you're really brave, you will get out of your environment like Brother Benek has done. You will get out of your normal environment where you were born. And you won't let that environment of where you were born at determine where you're going to end up at. And I had to really work at that. And it took three years to do that. But praise God, we're out of it. I have houses now. I have land now. I have places to go now. I have relationships now. And now I, I literally have so much access to Atlanta, Georgia, because of that situation. I wouldn't take it back for the world. Wow. Woo! Now that's who you're going to get to meet at Millionaire Weekend, family. So if you're going through it, man, you better get you a, a loan from your uncle, a loan from your from your auntie, man, and get yes. out here to Dallas, man. Ask Y'all can money. actually... Get real comfortable asking for money. Get real... And I have one more testimony, and this is not for me. This is the testimony of a very powerful woman. Her name is Giovanni Singh. Giovanni Singh is a producer for TED, the TED 2, you know, the movies with uh, Mark Wahlberg with the mm-hmm. little bear. She's a producer. She's one of the main, um, I don't know if she's a manager or an agent to Sydney Cordier, you know, one of our own greats, one of our own legends. She manages his affairs and his family affairs, owns chocolate farms, chicken farms. We can go on and on about Giovanni things. Google her. I had the privilege of sitting with her for five minutes, and I specifically requested five minutes of her time. One reason was you never drain the time of somebody in a very high place. You respect their time, they'll give you more of it. She she only had five minutes also because I saw that she was getting into her vehicle to go to the airport. So at that time, I had five minutes with this lady. What do you do with five minutes of a multi-millionaire's time? You ask the right question. And I asked one question. I didn't go through her, oh, how did you, where did you, what should I? None of that. I had one question. I had five minutes. It was so bad, other people were trying to talk to her, and she was having to squish them away because she only had space for one person in her vicinity. She kept her circle real small. And I asked her one question. I said, a woman who has everything. I saw you drop $50,000 just to talk to Les Brown, and I saw you drop another $50,000 to speak to my mentor, Dr. Michael V. Roberts. What in the world do you need from them? If you're already a multimillionaire and if you have everything and you own all this stuff, why are you continuing to go forward and ask for their time and their energy when you yourself are at their level? She looked at me. She pulled out her cell phone. She said, I'm going to teach you something real quick. That's the right question. She said, oh, my, I just want to be uncomfortable. Mm. I want to be uncomfortable. And I was like, what the what the, right? I'm like, what do you mean? What is that, right? Because I'm just ignorant as ever. This is 2015. And I'm like, what does she mean? And I'm scared to ask her what she means because she's a very strict person. And then something said, don't ask her another question. You got your one question and you did it real long. Now what you do is you tell her, you tell her, I appreciate you for being honest with me. Can I tell you what makes me uncomfortable? And she said, go ahead, because now I'm getting another question by giving her my answer of uncomfortability. I said, uncomfortable was me asking you for five minutes of your time. 
She said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. She said, let me tell you what I mean by uncomfortable. She said, I'm a millionaire. I'm a multimillionaire. I'm not a billionaire like your mentor. I want to be on his level, and I want to surpass him. And until that happens, I'm not satisfied because I have to be uncomfortable with myself and lose all this stuff that I have access to, and I've got to flip some scripts for real. Yes, I'm a producer. Yes, I have this, but I don't have a billion dollars yet, and I'm not good with that for myself. I come from a very dignified family. We are huge in the world, but I'm not there yet, and until I get there, I got to stay uncomfortable because I'll never get there being comfortable and being okay with not fulfilling my dreams. And I'm like, oh. So I'll leave y'all with that. There's way more to that story, but I will leave y'all with that. Get real uncomfortable. Make sure you stay uncomfortable. The moment you see yourself getting comfortable, you better call for help. Ask somebody to make you uncomfortable. Challenge you. I challenge Brother Ben X all the time. He challenges me all the time. We're always challenging each other, and that helps. Iron sharpens iron. So get uncomfortable with where you are, but get real comfortable asking for money. Ooh, that's a powerful story, family, and I'm so pumped up because that's my first time hearing that as well, and I can't wait to meet in that weekend so we can all <laughs> hear the rest of it together. So go search on Google Millionaire Weekend. It's the one that's in Dallas. It's the one that's going to be. You'll see myself. You'll see Dr. Omar, Sister Victoria, etc. Please get your tickets if you're in the Dallas area, Fort Worth area. Or if you say, man, I'm, I'm flying out for the free one and I'm coming to Millionaire Weekend, you can do that as well. Thank you, Dr. Omar, for joining us on the Brother Ben X podcast. Okay. Stay black plastic. <laughs> All right. Peace. Man, that was powerful, man. Many people ask, why do I need a coach? I can just Google it. I can do this. I can do that. The reason we need a mentor, she just told us, is because you need somebody to challenge you. I can tell you what to do. I can show you how to make videos. I can tell you how to do this. But I can pose a question. A human being can pose a question that can make you uncomfortable, that can make you think, that can give you a perspective that you may not have. And I'm going to add this to what she said. Even if the person is not a millionaire or a billionaire, you still need to consult with them. Why? Because if they have some level of success, they still have a perspective that you may not have. And that one perspective, that one jewel, may be the thing that takes you to the next level. That's why I was on Dr. Omar by no, they don't have to really, they don't have to really, really, really be a millionaire because they may have a blueprint. They may not just be there yet, but you may have the structure. You may have the foundation to where if you take their strategy or take the mindset or take the idea that they have, you can shoot to the roof with it. See, I got a hundred thousand, a million followers. This person right here may have a million dollar idea. I got the foundation laid. I got the influence to where if I apply their principle, apply their strategy, I probably can take it to the next level. So consider that family. Ask questions. Always be inquisitive. And a good answer comes from a great question, family. So I thank you guys for watching the Brother Ben As podcast, man. We're going to end it right there, man. Go to Eventbrite. Or just Google Millionaire Weekend. Or if you listen to this podcast on Facebook or YouTube, 
or even on Apple Podcasts, man. I'm going to link the links in the description box as well. If you guys love this podcast, man, please support me at www.patreon.com slash brotherbenx. Those are for the contributors. Those are for the ones who support the brand. You like what I'm doing. You would like to help me upgrade. You would like to help me continue to just be stable in life so I can produce this content for you guys. Now, of course, Brother Ben X, I'm going to produce this content whether y'all support me or not. But for those who say, how can I support you? Those who say, man, I would like for you to keep growing. Like, there, for example, there's a brother named Josh Mason on my YouTube channel who helped me get this podcast equipment that you listen to right now. He he sent me some money on paper. I said, Brother Ben X, hey, I heard you talking about this podcast equipment, man. Here, here go the money, man. Here, go get this. So if you want to support monthly, it can be $10 a month. It can be $50 a month. It can be $5 a month. If you support this podcast and say, Brother Ben X, I want to help you keep going, man. You can do that at www.patreon.com slash Brother Ben X. Question of the day. I have a question of the day. And the question is, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. What is one question that you have about your current life? The question of the day is, what question do you have about your current life? I want you guys to uh, go to the YouTube page or the Facebook page if you're watching this on video and comment below. And maybe those who are viewing can answer the question for you. Because remember, we all are God's children of the Most High God. We make up the oneness of us is Allah. I know there are going to be those who disagree with that, but that's just what I believe, and I believe those are actually the facts. Make sure you guys go to www.brotherbenx.com. That's where you guys can check out my programs. That's where you guys can sign up for my six-week course, and that's where you can book me at bookbrotherbenx at gmail.com if you want to go straight to the Gmail account, but you can also book me at www.brotherbenx.com. We're going to be signing out with the song. Modern Day Slave by Brother Robbie Blue. Peace, family. Thank you guys for listening. Y'all have a blacktastic day. Feel to be a modern day slave, working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave, working minimum wages, time to cock gauges? How does it feel to be a modern day slave, working minimum wages, time to cock gauges? How does it feel to be a modern day slave, working minimum wages, time to cock gauges? I take a knee, but no one listens to no cares about no descendant of some i entertain them like a book dancing shoot that ball make them laugh and it don't matter how you vote cause you's a democratic republican i held my job and still they pay me like a whip me like a then work me like a dirty cops shooter back talking drug dealing a runaway Obama won cause they were scared of the Knew they older But never paid the 
you make it to the league and still be a million dollar a welfare the prison system got like three million i speak for the i want a freedom how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges now it don't matter about your color user a white trash a ghetto black and trump don't care about no mexicans or puerto ricans just let them drown nobody cares about the health oh no sick or not i'll fire that i know all whites didn't really own some blacks own some uncle tom and everybody benefited from the sharecropping that act swinging even the white house was designed by some intelligence and built by more the silver war was won and fought by some fought for the we died like some and everybody loves the cooking from us sex from us then toss away a how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to build your own banking system, yes, I said it, build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook, yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com. If you would like to book me, go to www.brotherbenx.com. If you would like to get some of my six-week programs or my How to Grow on Social Media programs, go to www.brotherbenx.com.